right, everybody. Praise the Lord. Welcome to Wednesday night service. Amen. We're going to have a great time together tonight. Did everybody survive the hurricane? Are you, are you still there with us? Okay. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Well, hey, we were prepared at least. Amen. So thank God for that. Well, it is great to see everybody tonight. Pastor Katie and I had a good time in Miami. We were at a conference there for some church growth and it was great, but we are super glad to be back in California, back in Barstow. This is our home. Amen. And, uh, and so we love you guys. So glad to be here. Let's go ahead and stand up tonight. We are going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. Amen. And we're going to keep believing and declaring that this nation is coming to Jesus. Amen. Let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise tonight. And you may be seated. All right, let's get into some announcements. We have got a lot going on. We kind of took the summer a little bit easy and fall time is approaching. And so we're getting ready to hit it hard and heavy. Amen. And so uh, Pastor and Mrs. Pastor, or as I lovingly call them, mom and dad, are in uh, New York still this week. They'll be back next week. They sent me pictures. They went to Mount Vernon today. Does anybody know who lived at Mount Vernon? Yeah, George Washington. Amen. Let's hear it for George. No? Okay. It's, it's good. Whatever. You know, it's fine. It's fine. So uh, they'll be back next week. And then a uh, big children's church announcement. Is everybody ready for some good news? Amen. So beginning tonight, we will have children's ministry available for all ages every Wednesday night. Amen. So this is the first time since pre-COVID, since March of 2020, that we've been able to have children's ministry for every age group on Wednesday nights, all right? And so this is huge for us. We're so excited. Uh, so all the littler kids are going straight to their classes. Second through fifth grade, they'll stay in here with us for praise and worship, and then they'll be dismissed out there to the lobby where their teachers will take them to their class. So second through fifth grade will do worship with us, and then they'll go to class. So we are really happy about that. All right. Do I have any men in the house tonight? Any any men? Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm feeling that. So men, brothers, dudes, uh, listen, the men's meeting is going to be Saturday, September 2nd at 9 a.m. We have not had one since June. And so this is big news for us. Uh, men's meeting, 9 a.m., Saturday the 2nd. Breakfast Bibles, bros, bring some food and your Bible. And we are going to have a phenomenal time together, hanging out, studying the Word. Do I have any ladies in the house? Ladies. I knew it. I knew it. Ladies, we have the women's meeting coming up on Friday, September the 8th at 6.30. It is the fall kickoff, and uh, you're going to have a great time together. Mrs. Pastor will be doing the lesson that night, and you'll be celebrating all things fall, whatever that means. Have a good time. Amen? All right, and then married people. We know you're in here. Where's the married people? 
don't sound so enthusiastic, please. Control it. Control it. Amen. All right. Yeah. Seriously. Wow. Anyway, uh, so married people, we have our fall marriage event. It's going to be uh, Friday, September 15th from 6.30 to 8.30, free child care for ages 0 to 10. So uh, if all you got to do is register online. I think we've got these back at the info booth. Scan this QR code. Sign the kids up. Huh? Oh, the QR code is, uh, there's a survey on there. It's anonymous, so we won't know, you know, that what your answers were, but this is an anonymous marriage survey, so scan that, and then you can register for the event at hdwc.org slash married, amen? And that's going to be absolutely awesome. All right, well, another special announcement, if they're in here, we have a first timer with us tonight. It's a little boy that is six days old and his name is Braden George Rubino. Yeah. Is he in here? All right. Well, Norma is back there. All right. You don't have to lift him. She just gave birth six days ago. So let's, let's cut her some slack. And I partially feel guilty that it went a day early because I told her to run up the aisle at church last Wednesday night. I don't know if you recall that. It was on the live stream and I felt terrible. But anyway, she went into labor shortly thereafter. So it was great. It was awesome. Uh, so anyway, uh, but he is here with us tonight. And uh, so congratulations to the Rubinos, Blake and Norma. Amen. Awesome. And then uh, if you're with us also tonight and you're not a little baby and you are with us tonight for the first time or the first time in a long time, could you slip your hand up real quick? We have a gift for you that we'd like to bless you with. Uh, this is Heather. She has a welcome packet. If you could fill out that little info card and, and turn it into her at the info booth at the end of the service, she has a Dutch Brothers gift card for you. And we'd like to welcome you to the church. Amen. So praise God for that. Okay. Who knows what time it is now? <clears throat> You're right. You're right. It is happy time. And, uh, and what we mean by that, it is time for our Wednesday night tithes and offerings. If you need an envelope, Raise your hand and the ushers will get one to you. Uh, let's open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 6 this evening. Matthew 6, amen. And if you're given online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving. Amen. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 6. And this is some really good verses that Jesus spoke to us uh, regarding our finances. And, you know... Uh, we just did back to school shopping. You know, that was a lot of fun uh, for five kids. That was incredible. And so I was, you know, just talking to the Lord and he pointed me to these verses and it was great. So Matthew chapter six, verses 31 through 33, Jesus himself said, so don't worry about all these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all of your needs. Who knows that? That God already knows all your needs. Amen? The first time that you bring it to Him in prayer is not the first time that He found out about it. He already knows all of our needs. So what are we going to do? Verse 33, it says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Or seek ye first the kingdom of God and live righteously and He will give you everything you need. That is a powerful verse from the word of God. He will give his children the things that they need. And so we don't have to come begging and pleading and, and, and living in anxiety and stress and turmoil for the father to give us the things that we need. It says, if we will seek 
his kingdom above all else and live righteously, listen, he will give us everything that we need. We can rest assured in God's promise tonight. Isn't that a good promise from the word of God? Amen. I love it. Well, let's go ahead and stand up together and we will speak some words of faith over our giving this evening. Amen. And then we're going to get into a great time of praise and worship. Let's say this together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. If you want, you can join us up at the altar for worship tonight. And let's sing to the Lord together. Every fear overtaken, every wall comes crashing down. I am free in your presence, whoa. You have lifted my burden, you surround me with your grace, full of hope in your presence, whoa. And I, I can't stop singing about your love I can't stop singing about your love my heart is overcome and I I can't stop singing about your love for everything that you've done my heart is overcome I see the kingdom of heaven Pierce the dark within this light. We're alive in your presence. Whoa. You have won our salvation. At the cross, one sacrifice. Those are cure in your presence. Whoa. And I, I can't stop singing about your love. I can't stop singing about your love. My heart is overcome. And I, I can't stop singing about your love. For everything that you've done, my heart is overcome. sing together I praise you forever your love goes on and on I sing to you Jesus sing it out you are mine you are my first love I praise you forever your love goes on and on I sing to you Jesus 
you, Jesus. Let's raise our hands to Him tonight. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you and we thank you. And we can sing that you are holy, Lord. You are set apart. There is nobody like you. And Lord, we thank you that you allow us to come into the very presence of God, Lord, boldly come to the throne of grace to receive help, to obtain favor in our time of need. We thank you that you call us son, you call us daughter, Lord, that we are your children. And and, and Lord, it's not because we deserve it, it's because of the grace of God. We love you so much. And we ask that you would have your way in this service this evening, Lord. Speak to us the truth, which is your word, and let it change our lives forever. We love you and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Can we give the Lord some praise tonight? Amen. He is good. His mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Well, I am excited to be getting into the word of God this evening. Uh, we are gonna, we're, we're on the final part. We are on number nine out of nine on the fruit of the spirit. And so, uh, before we get into the, to the word, if, uh, we got any of the second through fifth graders in here, they can be dismissed to the lobby back there and, uh, they're going to go to their class. I had everybody waving me down. This is the first night we're doing this. So it's probably going to take me a few weeks to actually remember this, but, uh, second through fifth grade, they can go ahead and head back to their class. Amen. All right. So we are on part nine of the fruit of the spirit. Who knows what number nine is? Self-control. Who is just so excited to hear about self-control? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. It's a, all right. Yeah. Let's go. And so self-control. I'm excited uh, because I believe this is the perfect ending to uh, the list that God gave us here in Galatians 5. It is the cherry on top of the whole thing. And just like we've said in every uh, every lesson so far, a Christian, we've said, should be known by their love. A Christian should be known by their joy, by their peace, by their patience, by their kindness, by all of these things. And I'm telling you tonight... Listen to me, that the born-again Christian should be known by their self-control. Christians, born-again Christians, have self-control. The people in this world should look at you and be absolutely amazed that you can control your emotions your impulses and the temptations that come against you. And I'm telling you tonight that Christians have a massive advantage over the rest of the world. You can control your temper. Thank you for your thunderous, you know, yeah, amen. All right. You can control your eating habits. I don't know. Let me see if I guess you maybe you'll like something else. Oh, okay. You can control your mouth. All right. Okay. We're going to get here, but, but all right, let's just do this. Let's go to Galatians five. Okay. This is going to be a wild ride, but I'm going to tell you right now, this message, I believe could be a game changer. If you'll listen tonight, this could change your life. And it's not because I've got something great to say. We're just going to read some Bible. And so Galatians chapter five. 
And I'm not going to start off in verses 22 through 23 tonight. I want to go uh, to starting at verse 16, Galatians 5, 16. In order to sum everything up tonight that we've already studied, we're going to backtrack to some of the previous verses that we haven't read together yet. Now, these are not for the faint of heart. These are some hard-hitting verses. This is truth from God's Word. Now, it's not to condemn us. It's to set us free. Amen? Jesus said in John eight thirty two that when you know the truth, the truth shall set you free. And I found out that I want to be free. I don't want anything or anybody holding me in bondage, amen, uh, and slavery to anything. And so Jesus has truth for us tonight that could set us free, all right? And so we've looked at eight fruit of the Spirit. Tonight's number nine. We're going to see to read it all in context because all we've been doing is, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Now I'm going to show you the previous verses to get all of this in context because Paul was talking about a pretty big picture here. So Galatians 5 and verse 16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Have you noticed that the, and the King James says, this I say then, if you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And so we're talking about walking in the spirit. And then there's what the Bible calls right here, the lust of the flesh. And so it's, it's telling us that there's your spirit that wants to do really good things on the inside of you. Your spirit wants to serve God. Your spirit, if you're born again, now if you're not born again, then you have nothing on the inside of you compelling you to do good. I'm telling you that right now. If you are truly born again, the spirit on the inside of you, your born again spirit wants to serve God. It wants to read the Bible. It wants to go to church. It wants to love your neighbor as yourself, but your flesh, your body never wants to do those things. There is a war within you. And I'm going to go so much deeper tonight. Tonight's going to be pretty deep compared to some things we do. But I'm telling you, we're going to read this. There is a war between the spirit and the flesh. And here's where the beautiful gift of self-control comes in. Because you can do the right thing as a Christian, all right? And so, verse 17, the sinful nature, you know, the, the flesh, wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature want, desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you're not under obligation to the law of Moses. And, and so people under the law of Moses, they tried their best in their own ability to not sin and to obey all 613 laws of Moses. And you're like, I thought there was 10 commandments. There's 613 laws. And if you broke one, you were guilty of all 613. And that's what dumbfounds me. I see Christians to this day that want to mix, you know, I won't go into all that, but they want to live according to Old Testament 
you know, law and Judaism, yet they want to also live under New Testament grace. And, and I respect all 613 of those laws, and most of them are really good things to still follow. But praise God, I thank God that I have Jesus Christ, amen, that made a better covenant with better promises, and that's what we have today, all right? And so I'm not trying to fight sin by my own strength because nobody could ever do that except Jesus and then we killed him, all right? And so no human could possibly fight sin and the sinful nature with their own strength, but you are born again. You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And so sometimes someone will do something and, and, and someone will be like, it's okay, we're only human. And I'm like, speak for yourself, brother. I'm not only human, that's one part of who I am, but the other two parts of me, amen, I am spirit, I am soul, and I am body. Yes, I am partially human, but praise God, I am born again to win, and I have the Holy Spirit, the same power that raised Jesus from the grave, lives on the inside of me, amen? And because of that, I can have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, amen? It's a gift from God. Let's, let's continue here, all right? And so, verse 19, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. And so you may be like, well, what's it look like when someone follows their sinful nature? Let's read the ugly list. Amen. I think Pastor Josh went over this Sunday. Uh, I was watching from my hotel in Miami, and I was like, oh, no, he's going to go there. Well, let's go there, okay? Buckle up. Here's the results of somebody that... This is not what a born-again Christian does. I'm going to read this list. This is not how Christians behave, all right? Here it is. It's very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anybody living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Woo! But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Let's say it together, people. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Amen. And so we've seen here that Paul beautifully lays out the fruit of the flesh or of the sinful nature. And then he shows us the fruits of the spirit controlling the holy, uh, the, the, the Christian's life. Okay. And so we're getting ready to dig into this. Now, as we've said in every lesson so far, all eight lessons, these nine things are what the Christian life should look like. These nine words are what people should use when they describe you. Amen. And so, and you know, when you die someday and they put you in the ground on your tombstone, it would be beautiful if it said, here lies a man that had love, joy, peace, patience. Amen. All right, guys, if I die before y'all, could you just put that on there for me? Amen. Talk to my wife. She has some say so in it, but you know, just do me a favor. Help me out here. All right. And so, um, through all this, 
the Holy Spirit helps us. We have a huge role to play uh, because we have to follow him and be doers of the word. Have you noticed that God doesn't force you to do right? I mean, he gives you the ability to do right, but then you have to submit to his Holy Spirit. He doesn't force you to do right. And so we have a huge role to play in the area of self-control, but the good news is we do have the power because we have been born of the Spirit. And so I'm telling you that when we are in his presence, when we are in his house, when we are in his word, it is a lot easier to follow him and stay away from things we shouldn't be around. Has anybody else noticed that? I mean, that helps a whole lot when you've been in the word and when you've been in the house, all right? And so as I was praying about how to, to tackle this, and I preached on this a lot of times, but uh, as I was praying about how to approach this tonight, I decided to come from this angle, all right? So we know through scripture that people are three-part beings. Well, why is that? Well, we're made in the image of God, Genesis 1, 26, that he created man in his own image. Well, God is a three-part being, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity. You, being made in his image, are also a triune being, a trinity, not the Holy Trinity, but you are a triune being, spirit, soul, and body. And uh, and so, since we're made in his image, and, and since that's who we really are, I want to look at self-control tonight and how it applies to all three areas of who you really are, to your spirit, to your soul, and to your body. Amen? All right, so I'm going to go a little deeper tonight. Buckle up, hang on, follow along the best you can, take some notes, and I just really believe that this could set some of us free this evening and bring some answers that we've been searching for, all right? So let's get into this. Number one, let's look at self-control for our spirit. Who's excited? Amen. All right, so the spirit, this is the deepest level of who we are. This is the part of you that is eternal. Your spirit will either go to heaven when you die and, you know, and, and live forever with Jesus, or it would go to hell if you're not a born again Christian. So the spirit on the inside of you, which the Bible repeatedly refers to as the heart, if you believe in your heart. That's not talking about the organ in your chest. You can't believe, you know, with that any more than you can with your hand or something, right? No, <clears throat> this is talking about the innermost part of who a person is. The heart is the spirit. And this is the part of you that should control your life. If you're born again, your heart is a safe guide. And everyone always quotes this. Old Testament scripture from Jeremiah, the, the, you know, the heart is deceitful above all things. Well, yeah, if you're not born again, duh, it's absolutely, it'll, it'll fool you. But I, I'm born again, amen? I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So with a born again heart, with a born again spirit, amen, we can be led by God through the spirit on the inside of us. It bears witness. And so this is the part of you that should control the rest of you. Now, when we witness an unsaved person doing bad things, it's, it's their nature, man. It's simply who they are on the inside. They have nothing inside of them compelling them to do 
good and moral things other than they may just want to obey the rules and all that. Now, that doesn't mean that every unsaved person is mean and terrible, uh, but they have no inward power helping them overcome sin. You realize that, right? You have the power to overcome sin because the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you. Let's look at a very famous verse here, 2 Timothy 1, 7. 2 Timothy 1, 7. Who's ever heard this verse? Go talk to the babies in the nursery. They're probably studying it right now. <clears throat> Amen. 2 Timothy 1, 7. In the, uh, we'll read it in the NLT. For God has not given us a what? Spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and what? Self-discipline. The King James says a sound mind. And so looking at this verse... It specifically talks about a spirit of fear. Now, we usually only read this verse and apply it to fear. But one of the biggest points that we could pull out of this verse is that he didn't give us a spirit of fear, but he literally did give us a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of self-discipline, or we could also say self-control. And so I'm going to tell you something right now, and I mean this. Nobody that is truly born again can say, I just can't control myself. I couldn't help it. I couldn't control myself. I just did this. Or I just went and did this. And I just went and... No. A born again Christian has a spirit of self-control. Does that mean we're perfect and went, no, 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 no. We all slip up. Amen. We all make mistakes. And so... I don't want to get ahead of myself, but, but listen to me. Nobody that is a Christian, this is good news. This isn't condemning news. This isn't bad news. This is good news. Anybody that's a born again child of God always has the ability through the Holy Spirit to make the right choice, to overcome temptation, to overcome sin, to overcome all of those nasty things we just read about. There's never a time that I could honestly look to God and say, yeah, I hit the guy. Yeah, I blew up. Yeah, I drank it. Yeah, I smoked it. Yeah, I slept there and I couldn't help myself. He's going to say, liar. Oh, sorry. Okay. He's going to say, <laughs> he's going to say, <laughs> he's going to be, hey, whoa, what happened to that gift I gave you? What gift? I gave you the gift of power and love and self-discipline, self-control. I gave it to you. Why didn't you use it? He gave us this gift. Now, is he going to force it upon it? No, we have to submit and yield to every gift that he has for us. But according to 2 Timothy 1.7 and Galatians 5.23, we can, through the Holy Spirit, control our actions even when it's really hard. There's some things I can control in my own strength, right? I mean, some things, but there are some things that, I mean, wow, I definitely need the Holy Spirit and he will come through for me, but I've got to submit, I've got to yield and let him have his work in my life. All right. So that was number one, self-control for the spirit. We're going to dig a little deeper now. <clears throat> We're talking about self-control for the soul. Catch that? No? Okay. Uh, self-control for the soul. All right. And so we know through a very thorough study of scripture that the soul is also broken down into three parts, mind, will, and emotions. Mind, will, and emotions. And so the soul, the soul area is where most people seem to have the hardest time. 
Uh, and, and there's a reason for that. It's because, uh, well, most people don't know very much about the soul. Uh, and, and, and they think that soul and spirit are the exact same thing, uh, but they are not. And so as we look at the soul here, uh, we're, we're, we're going to show you some things. And this is a major area that I want you to get a hold of tonight. All right. So let's break it down into three parts. A, our mind. Who in here has a mind? I'm sure you do. All right. And so the mind, I've heard it said this way, the mind is the devil's playground. And I'm telling you right now, this is where he excels the most because most people don't know how to fight back. And I see it every day. I talk to people every single day that the devil is just firing darts at their mind, like Ephesians 6 talks about, the fiery darts of the wicked one, nonstop all day, and they just sit there and they believe it, and they accept those thoughts as their own. And so Satan will fire a thought off, you know, towards you, you are a loser. And next thing you know, man, I am a loser. And you, you, I mean, you just, we, we fall for it and we just start saying what he says about us, the thoughts that he's planted in our mind. And so he'll come at you with negative thoughts, hateful thoughts, sinful thoughts all day long. And when you try to just fight back with thoughts or outthink the devil, what happens? You lose. Because this is his specialty. You were not told to outthink the devil. And you were not told, no, no, no. Uh, listen, it's a spiritual warfare, not a mental warfare. You are not going to win fighting thoughts with thoughts. And, and so, believe it or not, you can control your thoughts. No, you can't control what you can't control your thoughts. You can control your thoughts. Write these verses down because I don't have time to go there. Colossians 3 2, Philippians 4 8. Colossians 3 2 and Philippians 4 8. You can control your thoughts. It straight tells you no. You choose to think on things that are above. You choose to think on things that are pure and lovely and true and excellent and, and, and trustworthy and full of good report. It tells you to do this, and that means that you can do it. Amen? And so we can control our thoughts. You can control them and win by answering them out loud with the Word of God. That's how you win this fight in your mind. When a negative thought comes to you, you know, something, uh, uh, let's say it's a lustful thought, you know, uh, the, the devil's trying to get you to think about somebody that you shouldn't be thinking about, right? And so he'll do that. Well, what do you do, man? You don't just sit there and think, oh no, I don't want to think about that. You answer with the word of God. You got to answer with the word of God. First Corinthians ten thirteen. no temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. But the Lord is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand and will always with the temptation make a way of escape. That's a very long verse, but what I'm saying is you can choose a verse. Okay. Choose. You have a verse that comes out of your mouth. And so whenever the enemy throws wrong thoughts to your mind, how do you respond? You speak the word of God out of your mouth. You don't just think scriptures, because then you're going to sit there looking like this. You have a twitch. No, what you want to do is you want to answer with the word of God. How do we fight wrong thoughts? 
Do you just think it? You speak it out of your mouth. Now, I'm going to tell you this. Wrong thoughts will always try to come to you in life. There is no level that you're going to reach where wrong thoughts will never try to come into your mind anymore. So you can't control that wrong thoughts will try to come, but you can control if you're going to choose to dwell on them and let them take up residence or not. And so the best way to put it is this. Brother Kenneth Hagin said it this way. I can't stop the birds from flying over my head, but I can stop them from building a nest in my hair. Right? So birds are going to fly all the time. I can't help that. Birds are going to do what birds are going to do, right? But I can stop them from taking up residence. And so the devil's always going to be throwing these wrong thoughts, lustful thoughts, rage-filled thoughts, greedy thoughts, whatever it is, temptation thoughts over my head, no matter who you are, all the time. I, you know, I can't stop that. But what I can stop is letting them take up residence in my mind. I can rebuke them in the name of Jesus and refuse to let them live in my head. Amen? Do you get that tonight? You can control this through the Holy Spirit, all right? And so your mind, B, we're going to talk about your will. Your will. This is a fun topic. Everybody likes to talk about this. There are times when your will does not want to go to work. Anybody else, I mean, or do you just wake up every day? It is my will to get up at 4 a.m. and just... Yeah, all right, I see you. Uh, I live in Irma. Is there anybody... <laughs> Listen, no, I mean, oh, maybe Bill. I don't know. Okay, well, let's not go through the whole church here. I can't do that. But there's times when your will says, I don't feel like going to church today. You're, I mean, it's not always your will. There's times when your will doesn't want to read the Bible. Your will doesn't want to pray. And guess what? You have self-control over your will, and you can bring it into submission to God's will. Amen? And as a mature Christian, as a growing Christian, we have the ability to do this. And the best example is Jesus. Uh, really quick, Luke twenty-two forty-two. I got to go quick. I'm going to probably just quote some verses to you, maybe put them on the screen, but we may not turn to every single one. But Luke twenty-two forty-two. And so what we have right here is Jesus uh, before the cross. He's in a very interesting spot right here. And, and so, you know, he knows what's coming. His flesh does not want to do this thing. His flesh is screaming, no. His emotions are screaming, no. And so here's where he's at right here. Luke 22, verse 42, Jesus praying in the garden says, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Well, what was Jesus' will in this exact moment? His will was to not get beaten to a bloody pulp and murdered. <laughs> Can you blame him? But he said, no, no, not my will, but your will be done. And so if Jesus could submit to God the Father's will in this situation, and we've got the same spirit on the inside of us, who knows that we can submit to God's will in our lives? If Jesus can rise from the dead, you can rise from the bed, right? And you can go to church. 
even, even for the morning services. You can do it, right? And so listen to me. There's no point in time where I could say, no, no, I just couldn't make myself do it. Hey, no, my spirit controls what I do in life, not my flesh and not my emotions. All right. And so let's get here to see. We're going to talk about uh, your emotions. Amen. Your mind, your will, and let her see your emotions because everybody likes to talk about these. Christians can control their emotions. Now, if there's somebody that's not born again and they want to say, tell me they can't control their rage, they can't control all these things, then I'm going to say, okay, I get it. Okay, you don't have an inward power to do these things. So, you know, best of luck. I wish you luck. As a Christian, if you're going to come up and tell me that you can't control these things, listen, we all struggle, but I'm going to tell you that, yes, you can. If you submit to the Holy Spirit... Yes, you can. Christians can control their emotions. Now, it may be harder for some people than for others, but that's why Galatians 5.16, we read it. If we let the Holy Spirit guide our lives, we won't be doing what our sinful nature craves. Who believes that verse is actually true? I believe that it's true. And I've seen it work in my life. And so when it comes to any area, we're talking about emotions right now, but... I noticed that God doesn't lower the bar or the standard for anybody in any area just because they have a particularly hard time in it. God doesn't change the rules for you and hold you to a different standard than he does somebody else. God won't say, well, it's a sin for Pastor Josh to cuss and yell and scream at people, but it's not a sin for Raymond because he really struggles with it more. So we'll just, you know, lower the bar for Raymond. No, I don't think it is. I've never heard him do these things, but... No? Okay. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. Everybody, we love Raymond. Uh, (laughs) But I'm just saying, God doesn't lower the bar or change the standard just because of particular areas of struggle. But the gospel, the good news is for all of us that it is possible to overcome, amen, every area and have self-control with our emotions and anything else because of the Holy Spirit. Here's a verse for you. We'll just quote it, put it on the screen. Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, if that, people misquote this verse in a million different ways, they say, well, the Bible says I can do all things. Huh? What? Come again? No? I, you, you misquoted it. I can't, there's a lot of things I can't do. Listen, I was in Miami all week. I tried to speak Spanish and I stunk at it. It's awful. I was like the only person in that huge city that didn't speak Spanish. And it was, it was hard. I'm telling you right now. And I kept trying to do it, but I couldn't. It was awful. But listen to me. You can't just do all things through you who strengthens you. Try it. You can't fly. You can't dunk a basketball. You can't kick a field goal. There's a lot of things you can't do in your own strength. Don't misquote the verse, brother. Listen, but I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. There's not a thing in this world that I cannot do that I need to do. I'm not being stupid here. I'm not saying, you know, I don't need to go do something dumb. But if I need to overcome temptation, if I need to overcome anger, if I need to overcome lust, if I need to overcome pride, if I need to overcome greed, if I need to overcome fear, if I need to overcome it, praise God I can, because I can do anything through Christ 
who gives me strength. I can have self-control. Another verse, just put it on the screen, write it down. Psalm 119, verse 11. David said, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And so I'm going to tell you, the more word you put into your heart, the easier it is to control any temptation, any sin, any emotion. The more word you have in here, the greater chance you have of overcoming anything. And so David said, I've hidden your word in my heart so I won't sin against you. All right, and so go to Luke 6, 45. We'll flip there really, really quick. Since words and emotions are so closely connected, I want to talk about your words for a minute tonight. Who likes it when we talk about your words? People love it. Amen? I'm getting a lot of... Okay, that's fine. Hey, but we're not here to just give you what you want. (laughs) So... Uh, Luke six forty five. I mean, Jesus just put it and hit the nail on the head right here. Luke six forty five. We're talking about your heart controlling you. He said, "A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart." Here's what I'm getting at: what you say flows from what is in your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What you say flows from what is in your heart. And so if you want to overcome a lot of bad words, a lot of negative words, a lot of gossip, a lot of whatever, if you want to overcome a lot of emotional outbursts, listen, what you say flows from what is in your heart. Like, yeah, I said it to him, but that's not really where my heart is. Huh? Oh, yeah, that's exactly where it is. (laughs) Or you wouldn't have said it. Listen, the more word we put in here, the more word is going to come out of our mouth. Have you ever noticed when you really started getting serious about God, just Christianese words started coming out? You'd like, eh, it's true, it's true. You know, you'd, you'd, you'd maybe, you know, hit your thumb with a hammer. Oh, glory to God. Woo, woo. You know, you'd stub your toe. Oh, praise Jesus. Oh, wow. Yeah, man. And And listen, why is that? Because the more... That God, the more that the Bible, the more that Jesus gets a hold of your heart, whenever, whenever you're, it's like a sponge, right? You may not know what's in a sponge until it's squeezed and then it comes out. Then we all know, oh, there's red Kool-Aid in there, right? And so you may be able to put on the perfect church face or the perfect facade, but when you're really squeezed, then we know what's in there. If nasty comes out, there was nasty in there. But when you squeeze the Christian with difficulty or, or whatever, and Bible comes flowing out, we know what is in there. Amen? And so the world ought to be able to squeeze you a little bit. And what's going to happen? They're going to get blessings <laughs> out of your mouth. Am I right? Yeah, come on, yeah. And so we're talking about self-control. And right here we're talking about for the soul. And and, and, and as we, uh, the more that we put the word in, oh my gosh, the easier and the greater chance of success that you have. But you can control your mouth and you can control your emotions. Let's look at number three, control for our body. Control for our body. Now, the body is the most obvious part of who we are, even though it's the most temporary, the most superficial, the most vain, the most shallow part of who we are. And that's the sad thing, that 
the average person spends 99% of their efforts on the temporary part of who they are, and they spend less than 1% on the eternal part of who they are. Isn't that sad? And so, you know, I, I, it's, it's crazy. I see people all the time, people that I know, people that, you know, I love that, I mean, they will not miss a day at the gym. Oh, no. They'll go seven days a week and hit it hard. You got to get those gains, right? And, and so why? They'll put, they'll put hours of effort in. They'll, they'll limit what they eat. They'll limit where they go, what they do. They'll plan their whole life around how they can keep this part of them looking good. But on the inside, they won't even get up and give God five minutes of prayer. Give God two Bible verses. Give God an hour of church a week. Hey, you got to take care of this thing. I'm telling you that right now. And we'll talk about that. But if I only care about this and I don't do anything about this, I'm a fool. Because I don't care if I, I, if I live another hundred years, these things, they all have an expiration date. We're all going to die unless we're here when Jesus comes back. These things are going to die. And I'm fully aware of that. And I'm not afraid of it. And, and it's fine. I get it. I've, I've made peace with that, right? I'm not afraid of it. But listen, somebody's a fool if they only focus on this thing, they'll, they'll, they'll give the gym, they'll give food, they'll give hours a week, but they won't give the spirit even two hours a week. It's a grave mistake that cost us in the end. But the body is the most obvious part of who we are because it's the only part of you that you can physically see. And it's no secret, because we just read it, that our bodies don't usually want to do the right thing. They don't usually want to do what the born-again spirit on the inside is telling them to do. If you're a Christian on the inside, you do want to read your Bible. You do. I'm telling you that right now. Your heart does. Your body never does. If you're a born-again Christian, you want to go to church, but your body's saying, no, I need to, I got to use that for my shopping day. Got to use that for my football day. Got to use that for blah, 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 blah. Listen. If you're a Christian, your heart and your spirit want to do the right thing. But there is a fight. But thank God you've got self-control. And so, um, uh, 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 do we? All right. Really quick, really quick. Galatians 5, flip back really, really quick. And so the, the spirit wants to get up and read the Bible. The body wants to get your phone out and look at Instagram. The spirit wants to tithe. The body says, no, man, you can't afford that, man. You're stupid, man. No, listen, you got to submit to the spirit. And so the body, as we said, is also referred to as the flesh. All right. And so quick rewind because we're talking about the body now. All right. And so Galatians 5, 19 through 21, Galatians 5, 19 through 21. And so here's the fight. Here's what the body will do if you let it. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature or if you, you know, the, the, the lust of the flesh, the results are very, very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division. I knew math was bad. It's in the Bible. All right, anyway. Envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, 
as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. All right? And so let me break this down as quickly as we can. Now, this list is someone who is not born again and has no self-control. A Christian doesn't live that sort of life. And I'm not old school and judgmental for saying that. That is not the words that I would use to describe someone that's a Christian. Now, we've all done at least one thing on that list. I've done things on that list, right? (laughs) We all have, right? But here's the thing. Notice the last line to that verse says, anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So there's a difference between I did one of those things a time or two back in the day, or I used to live one of those lifestyles there. Okay, that's in the past. If you have given your life to Jesus, amen, repented, forsaken, turned the other way, hey man, that's your past. Jesus doesn't even remember it happened. But then there is living that sort of life currently, actively doing these things. Well, what does it mean to not inherit the kingdom of God? That's a very deep topic that I've personally, honestly studied out very thoroughly because I wanted to hit that at every angle. Somebody that doesn't inherit the kingdom of God is somebody that's not going to heaven because the, the, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. And so anybody that makes this their lifestyle, okay, they may even say, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I go to church. Yeah. But if they don't bring the flesh into submission to the will of God and they make that their lifestyle. I'm not saying they did it once. I'm not saying they used to do it. I'm saying if that is their current active lifestyle, they're not going to heaven. And that sounds so mean and that sounds so harsh, but I'm just reading the Bible here. I'm, I'm not adding opinion. I'm just reading scripture to us. And so the good news out of all this is, the good news is, I don't have to be afraid of that because I've got a spirit of power, of love and self-discipline. Praise God. And according to Galatians 5.23, I've got the fruit and the proof of the spirit on the inside of me. And because of that, I have self-control. Somebody say that with me tonight. I have self-control. Say it one more time. I have self-control. Amen. There's never nothing that can come against me that I can't say no to if I'm using the power of the Holy Spirit. Not a thing. Amen. Now, on my own, there's things that could trip me up. But praise God, I'm not on my own. I'm doing this with Jesus. What we'll is quote this verse to write it down. It's a, it's, it's a dandy. It's a home run. Uh, Proverbs 25 and verse 28. Proverbs 25 and verse 28 says, A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. Now, we don't think a whole lot about walls and stuff these days, but back then, having a wall around your city was a very, very important. Why? What was the purpose of the of having a wall way back then in the, uh, the book of Proverbs? What did it do? It kept the enemy out. And it kept you from wandering into places you shouldn't go to. And so self-control builds this beautiful wall around your life that keeps the enemy from having access 
into your life. And it keeps you from wandering out and going to places that you shouldn't go to. Self-control, self-discipline is a beautiful wall of protection around your life. And it could very well save your life. It could save your soul. It's a beautiful gift from God. Well then, how do we have self-control if it's so important? You let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Well, how do I do that? Okay, let's go real deep here. You want to know how to let the Holy Spirit control your life? Bible instead of phone. Bible instead of phone. Church over the gym or sleeping in. Prayer instead of gossip. Yeah, well, I pray in tongues. Well, you gossip in English, so stop. (laughs) Right? Listen, all right? Worship instead of ungodly music. Love instead of hate. That that wasn't so loud. I, I, I don't believe you. I said love instead of hate. Listen, I mean, that, that, how do you let the Holy Spirit control your life? You give him more and more access. You say yes to more and more godly things. Amen. And you start closing these doors. Amen. You got all these doors around you. You start closing them because when you let the devil in one tiny little door, if you just crack it open this much, he'll just barge right in and bring his buddies with him and start wreaking havoc in your life. Shut the door on the enemy. Amen. Well, I couldn't do that. Yeah, you can. You have self-control. And so in the name of Jesus, James chapter four, man, you submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Amen. James four, seven and eight. You submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And so I'm telling you, none of this tonight was judgmental or a downer or bad news. This is all good news. Amen. You have the power to control some things in your life. You can control your decisions, your emotions, and all these other things that come against you through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Well, we better end there tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. So, yeah, amen. That's been our our nine-week-long discussion on the Holy, the, the, the fruit of the Spirit. So the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Amen. Well, I'm going to have Pastor Josh lead us in some worship tonight. If you're here and you need prayer, we'd love to pray with you. Get my prayer team up here. Amen. And uh, and as we keep saying, man, if you're here and you don't need prayer, well, hey, we're thrilled for you. Good job. But... Your job is to worship God and to pray for those that do need prayer. Amen. And so let's take a few minutes as we close out tonight to give the Lord a few minutes to to minister. Hallelujah.
right, everybody. Did anybody receive from the Word of God this evening? Amen. All right. Hey, I had a good time, even if you didn't, so I'm, I'm good. Uh, praise God. Well, church this weekend is going to be great. I'll actually be here for the first time, you know, in a while. Amen, amen. Oh, gosh. That was rough, brother. You know, I do not like sitting at home watching church. I can't, I don't know how people, I mean, I just, I can't, I, it was hard. It was hard. So anyway, be here. It's going to be great. And we got all these other great things coming up over the next few weeks. So pay attention. Amen. It's going to be awesome. Let's pray. And then we'll do our Barstow Faith Confession. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in the Word of God tonight. And we... Thank you for this gift that you've given us, a spirit of self-control, Lord. We've got it. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of us. There is nothing, Lord, that we cannot overcome through you. And so help us to receive that truth tonight. And Lord, we pray that as we go uh, about our next few days here before we get back together on Sunday, that you would use us to be the light of the world everywhere we go. Help us to show the love of Jesus and all of these nine fruit of the Spirit, Lord, we thank you that, that you're using us for your glory. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, can everybody say amen? All right, let's speak some faith over Barstow tonight. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen.